Hey, everybody out there, and thank you for joining us for Spaces and Places, a podcast by Site 1001. Each episode, we feature expert guests on topics around building. I'm Lauren Long, Marketing Director at Site 1001, and as always, today I share the podcast stage with Aaron Simon, Site 1001's Director of Digital Design. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Going well. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. The weather is perfect here, as always. We always talk about that, but it is been brutally hot pretty much everywhere but here, I hear. It's one of the perks of Southern California. So today, we are joined by Tom Snyder, Executive Director at NC Riot, a nonprofit driving the Internet of Things economy by bringing together entrepreneurs, established companies, universities, government officials, other nonprofits, and just general IoT enthusiasts together. Tom regularly addresses global audiences about the Internet of Things and what that looks like and what that means for basically the entire human race both now and um, in the future. And we are very excited to have him on. Tom, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I will admit I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we do not have that same weather you just described. So if there's a, a short outage, uh, hope that we haven't been struck by lightning. But uh, I think we'll be all right for, for the show. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, Tom, can you um, just start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and NC Riot and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So Riot has been in operation for about five years, but we're part of a, a larger organization that formed in 2010, really around this, this trend that everything is becoming connected. There is a wireless radio and an antenna in just about everything uh, going, going forward. And, and that's moving us from the information economy where you know we've been information technology age, if you will, for the last 20 or 30 years into this, this data economy. And we discovered a number of years ago that everybody saw the trends that we we loosely call IoT coming, but but even the biggest technology companies that you would think would be the you know the experts at what's happening, uh, it, nobody quite knew how to approach this and, and what to do. And and so we formed Riot in 2014 to start advising and and teaching and educating around what does all this data mean, and uh, and our goal is to to create jobs and and to build this uh, IoT sector. Thank you for that. And just on a personal note, it's always been a pleasure running into you at so many conferences recently over the past few years. years uh, took a couple selfies and had a good few IPAs by the water in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I suspect that'll happen again. <laughs> so I'm super glad you're able to join us today. Um, and since you are a regular speaker at conferences and get-togethers, uh, what do you think is a big trend in how people are thinking about IoT? Well, I, I think that, first of all, people are finally coming to the realization that IoT is here. This isn't something that's coming. This is something that, that actively is happening now. But this is something that, while we're not going to call it IoT for, for 20 more years, this is something that's you know going to be kind of decades of evolution as technologies continue to emerge. But th th there's a, a definite trend that we see, and I think this is universal to when new technologies emerge, where first organizations look at how can I use technology to improve the way that I do things currently? Uh, how do we lower costs, become more efficient, do things that improve our bottom, the bottom line, the cost line of the business? And that's kind of where IoT is today. Mm -hmm. The next phase that we're moving into is how do we use these technologies 
to do new things, to create new revenue, to create new value, to, to improve the top line. And, and companies that really, really get it are then also understanding how do I use all the data that can be collected from sensors everywhere to just get closer to my customers and to have much more trusted, stronger relationships. And so that, that tends to be the trend that we see is uh, become more efficient, then learn how to make more money, and then learn how to, to really you know, maintain long-term relationships with customers. I think that's really interesting that you said the you know the highest level is getting closer to customers because what I'm seeing a lot in commercial real estate is that as people are as um, owners and operators uh, are looking to retain more tenants that they're looking to create more of a place than just a, a space that these people inhabit but really an experience mm-hmm. um, and they're looking for ways to get more connected to the people that are inside their building. And as you know, like, so it's because you're so closely integrated with innovative technology startups, like there's a ton of different companies out there trying to do that. That's right. And, and I would imagine that as they're trying to do this thing, one of the very first things that they're hearing from their tenants is uh, a little bit of maybe apprehension or skepticism about, okay, what is all this information that you're collecting? How are you protecting it? How is my privacy being maintained? You know, those are some of the barriers that uh, that folks are trying to understand to then build that really trusted relationship that, that creates the kind of value you describe. Are you hearing that more often? I mean, I know, I think Google just, what was it, last week released that, you know, uh, initially they said that uh, using voice voice modulation and they they jumbled the, the um, signals or rather the, the recordings of all the, you know, the Hey Google commands for their transcribers to make sure that the actual commands are working and all. They, they admitted that that's happening, but they said that they couldn't understand it. And I think just last week they said, well, actually, no, that's not true. We're <laughs> um, Everyone's listening. And uh, again, it, it speaks to, are you particularly hearing that with uh, the audiences you address? That is the top concern? I think, I think certainly when you get out to the, you know, to the very end user, it, it is a big concern. Uh, organizations, of course, care about this as well, but organizations also have to think a lot about um, it is still early days in terms of standardization, in terms of interoperability. Uh, and so we have our uh, kind of early adopters that are, are, are creating IoT solutions, they're deploying things out there, and they're using a particular technology or a, t- a particular connectivity layer or something that that isn't necessarily the industry standard. And um, that's creating a little bit of apprehension as well in terms of what happens if I pick the wrong technology and what does that mean in the future? The, the reality is that there's a lot more value in just getting started with something now, regardless of technology and learning from it and then adjusting if, if, if need be, uh, than sitting back and just hoping that uh, the market will, will consolidate. Uh, but I think that at the enterprise level, there's a lot more of kind of system architecture uh, challenges and concerns. Uh, absolutely at the end user level, though, security, privacy, how is my information being used? Uh, those are weighed against, uh, I don't know if we would call it laziness or if we would just call it uh, convenience of uh, all these these technology tools just working so well, <laughs> right, that we can just tell our home assistant to do whatever we want to do. And, it, you know, it's like suddenly we're the king, right? That's uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny, and it's interesting that you bring that up because technology is supposed to make our lives better. You know, it's supposed to make it easier. But uh, something that I've read a lot about is that it's actually making us feel more disconnected, um, more distant from people. 
And so I know that one of Riot's uh, goals is to create these communities. So how do you create these communities that are so tech dependent, so tech heavy, and still make sure that people are feeling connected and actually interacting with each other? That's a great question. And um, it, w- one of the things that we do is, is we do a lot of work bringing people face to face. We we run uh, you know educational series that go that happens every single week uh, in in Raleigh, and we offer it in Charlotte and in Durham, and and we're looking at uh, Washington D.C. and Atlanta, and as we grow these programs out, and we get a lot of requests. Why don't you record those so that people can watch online? And there, there's certainly an argument to be made in terms of inclusivity, and and everyone can participate by creating digital channels for these uh, these kind of convenings but there's also something to be said for well let's let's get people face to face and interacting and and have that real high fidelity kind of conversation um on the technology side i'm i'm hopeful you, you know the best technologies are the things that just kind of fade into the background and you don't realize the tech is there and so aaron you just met, mentioned uh you know voice processing and nat- natural language uh interfaces and things and I, I'm hopeful that as those technologies get better, we'll have less of that heads down into your phone screen uh, kind of behaviors because we can be up and alert and in our world and then you know talking to our technology interfaces. I, I think that might help. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense too. I don't know if you know this, but Site 101's motto is your building is talking. Are you listening? So the idea that there's all this technology working in the background silently, like behind the scenes to make everything non-disruptive is pretty close to our hearts too. So something I've noticed is that there's you know, this move towards urbanization. Uh, people are leaving the more rural areas and moving into cities. And so all these older buildings that are already established and created are now having to deal with a lot of different like office space uses and technology integrated with them. Do you think that it's a big appeal to bring in like new hires and new talent to be in these buildings that are already already have like a history and have a culture to themselves than like a separate campus such as Facebook does? I think there is. Uh, I may be biased because I work out of a renovated old factory space in downtown Raleigh uh, that has been turned into a, a beautiful uh, co-working space, and we we operate Riot Labs uh, from the space, and we've brought you know lots of cool technology like you know laser cutters and three D printers and and uh, you know ability to make circuit boards and other IoT stuff in this old facility that was originally built before there there were electronics. But I, I do think that there's an expectation that whatever spaces we're in, uh, particularly in the urban centers, there must be a level of technology. You know, we don't frequent a shop or establishment or restaurant anymore that doesn't have Wi-Fi that we can get on, uh, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that uh, those kind of technology demands of, uh, of consumers and, and of workers uh, are going to continue to increase. So since you deal with a lot of younger companies, what do you think their biggest challenge is right now um, if they have a new idea for a sensor or like an Internet of Things technology? Do you think it is getting funding or the attention, um, getting into an accelerator program? I think the biggest challenge is that right now 
there is no greater opportunity to start a new business in the technology sector because all the technology platforms are are almost free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, na- nanoscale fabrication of semiconductors has have made sensors almost free. Cloud computing has made compute almost free. Uh, 4G and, and the coming 5G has made communications almost free. You know, there, there's some nominal costs, but, but these technology platforms are really, really low, which gives any entrepreneur great opportunity. The biggest challenge is, um, it, frankly, it's just you know experience and wisdom. People, people come up with these great ideas, but how do these young companies then build out networks of support to help them to grow and become real, I'll say. And, and by that, I, I, I don't mean to, to denigrate a small, you know, three-person startup or something, but, but to scale and grow into uh, meaningful businesses that, uh, you know, do business across the U.S. or inter- internationally re- requires kind of a support network around them. And that's where we spend a lot of our time is helping established organizations that often provide the technology platforms to connect then to these entrepreneurs that know how to solve a very specific problem and then to meet uh, you know, the customers and all of the ancillary, you know, business functions and, and technology experts that can help them to grow and scale. So you mentioned 5G earlier, and I wanted to know, um, well, for, first of all, for those that don't really know or that claim to know, but actually don't know, what exactly is, you know, 5G? What are these wireless signals and what is 4G versus 5G? And why is to you 5G so monumental if it is to you and such a has such a big potential as many, many people are saying it has? Yeah, so 5G is one of the the big technology buzzwords that are out there right now. And, and these things become buzzwords because they're important. Um, 5G stands for fifth generation. That is really just a marketing term. It, it is following fourth generation or 4G, uh, which is also known as LTE or long-term evolution. Essentially, what 5G brings is really more than just an evolution of 4G to a little bit faster wireless. If you looked at, say, cellular 2G to 3G to 4G that has happened over the last decade, you've seen progressively higher speeds and data rates and longer ranges of communication that could be achieved with mobile phones. And then those phones themselves could keep getting smaller and smaller. 5G is significantly different in that it does two things. One is it will make an incremental improvement to what is traditional 4G. So so the way your cell phone operates today, it will operate a little bit more efficiently with a little bit faster data rate. But 5G also brings in some really high frequency new radio spectrum that was made available by the government. and, And that is going to enable extremely fast communications. We're talking the same kind of speeds that you get in a fiber optic cable today. Right. Uh, and extremely dense networks. So we'll no longer have this problem where uh, I'm a Virginia Tech guy. And whenever I go to the stadium with 65,000 fans up in Blacksburg, you know, I can't get on my uh, my Twitter account or, or surf the web because there's 65,000 other people trying to do that. You know, those, those kind of problems will be solved. What's different, though, is that 5G will operate over a very short distance. Uh, rather than transmitting the signal for miles and miles, that high frequency band will go you know, just hundreds of feet, uh, which really makes it ideal for indoor applications like what Site-1001 works on. That was probably the best explanation of what 5G is that I have ever come across. So yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, ditto. Sure thing. 
because, you know, it's coming to the end of July, so I'm starting to think about football season too. So you just got me all kinds of excited. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so if you could say one thing to you know, technology companies that are going to be using 5G, you know, something that doesn't really exist yet, even though there were, quote unquote, demonstrations of it at CES in January, what would you say to technology companies that are based on something that's not really tangible right now, but they're forward thinking? Yeah. So the, the first thing I would say is whatever your company does, stay focused on solving that problem, whatever that market uh, problem is. And then secondarily, think about what are the technologies that are going to help you do that the most efficiently you can. Uh, and so that's maybe a little bit of a cop out to your question because it's not 5G specific, but but it's one of the big lessons that we see again and again with, with uh, companies that we work with that they get a little too focused on their technology and their solution and, and lose sight of what problem they're solving. But I will also say this, from a 5G perspective specifically, um, keep yourself educated between the hype that you're going to see marketed by the carriers. I, I got off the, a plane in Boston earlier this summer, and as soon as I turned my phone on, it said 5G on, on the screen. Uh, and and I, I was actually in the Smoky Mountains a couple of weeks ago in Tennessee with the phone on a 3G network, but the, the, the brand on the phone saying 5G on the screen. Uh, you know, it's, keep yourself educated between the marketing hype uh, that is inevitable and, of course, will uh, continue to happen um, and what the tech really does. If you are expecting and needing revenue off of 5G to run your business you know, by the end of 2019, you need to rethink your strategy there. Um, there, there are other ways to, to do uh, wireless communications. But uh, if you want to be an early adopter and an early test of this technology, um, the, the area that we're in, the, the Wireless Research Center, uh, part of our business uh, has, has plenty of experts. We'd love to talk to you. There are test beds that are being stood up in a few places around the country, and, and we know how to tap into those. Ha happy to help folks uh, to get connected. Uh, but the technology is still a little ways off. Terrific. I think that's uh, a good place to end it, actually. Tom, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to find you and contact you? Uh, if you're in Raleigh, come down to Riot Labs directly. But for those that aren't, uh, ncriot.org uh, is our website. You can follow us on Twitter at ncriot. And we'd love to, to talk to anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur with an idea or a large multinational company trying to figure out how to get your technology platform connected to uh, more companies that will use it. Uh, we're excited to be here just to support and to help. Awesome. I also want to add that uh, Tom's personal Twitter is also really fun to follow. So I will include that in the notes of this podcast. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Tom. Absolutely, Lauren. And thank you, listeners, for joining Spaces and Places by Site 1001 today. Uh, stay tuned for future episodes um, by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. And we have an exciting schedule of great guests coming up talking about smart buildings, smart cities, commercial real estate, Indian gaming casinos, insurance, and a whole lot more. So talk to you next time.